Yo, 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 it's the Danger Room. Oh, yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. Damn, boy. I'm just going to be your hype man. Okay. <laughs> and this is Jeremy, my sidekick hype man. Yeah. And we are here to discuss, oh my gosh, this is the Uncanny X-Men number 164. Oh no, you didn't. The December 1982 issue on sale, September 7th, 1982, cover price 60 cents. In a house, yo. And this one's titled Binary Star. Out of catchphrases. <laughs> That's a good one. That should be your new catchphrase. <laughs> Out of catchphrases. Yeah. Hey, Adam. This is a, a um, an update. Um, this is the issue that I'm I'm giving away. But apparently, we we can't generate likes very quickly. So I'm not giving well, it away actually, this week. Inter- interestingly enough, we've 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 gained quite a few. But we've also lost quite a few. I know. So I, I don't know. We'll never get to two hundred because people people keep dropping off. People stop disliking us. Like I, I was, I was. Uh, there was hope there for a while. There was like eight or ten new likes on the Facebook page, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're gonna make it!" And then I checked today, right before we started recording, and I was like, "How are we only at one ninety two? Whatever, we'll get there. And, and as soon as we do, uh, the drawing will still be on the. But I'm gonna stop talking about it because at this point, if you don't care, I don't care. Right, I'm not going to put the effort in if you're not going to put the effort in. <laughs> wow, you're like a stern parent. <laughs> you have to learn responsibility. I think it's Facebook. I think Facebook doesn't like things to reach 200, and so they make it as difficult as possible uh-huh. by kicking users off and removing them from liking your uh, product and, or whatever it is. I agree. So rather than it being our fault for not creating a product that people want to listen to and want to continue liking we're going to go to the conspiratorial route and say that facebook is trying to keep us down yeah okay good i can go with that yeah all right damn you facebook it ain't a a conspiracy if it's the truth (laughs) yeah yeah uh so yeah here we go on this cover we have uh a woman in flames it looks like dark phoenix sort of Eh, kind of it's like uh It's like a, a Alpha Flight version of Dark Phoenix. <laughs> it is very Alpha Flighty. Yeah, the colors, the red and yellow. Yeah, it's it's Canada's colors. Yeah, she's got a couple stars on her boobies. So like, I don't know where the stars fit in, but it's a weird outfit. It's like a woman wearing a bikini who is also wearing leggings and gloves that are on fire. Yeah. In the background, you've got Cyclops, Storm, Nightcrawler, and. Colossus looking on in the background there's a big swirl of space space swirl strangely enough that was the alternative title for this <laughs> space swirl yeah yeah but I think Claremont wisely went with binary star hmm. 
Are you sure it wasn't Je- uh, Jim Shooter, the editor-in-chief, who at the last minute said, guys, it's a terrible title. Let's go with Binary Star. Uh, this is Binary Star, and it was written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Dave Cockrum, f- finished by Bob Wiasek, lettered by Joe Rosen, colored by Janie Casey, and edited by Janine. Luis Jones. Janine Casey. Janine. What did I say, Janie? Janie. I'm sure people call her Janie in the office. <laughs> I, I I figured you knew her. I find it interesting that the um, it says Binary Star starring the Uncanny X-Men, which, I mean, kind of goes without saying, right? I mean, we are in the Uncanny X-Men's magazine. Well, I think that's just a comic book thing. Oh, okay. Like, don't issues of Spider-Man say starring the web-crawling Spider-Man? Maybe. Well, <laughs> that's... Spider-Man better be in this issue. (laughs) Seems a little redundant, but maybe. So last issue, I believe the the broods were aiming their guns at the Shi'ar yacht, and they were like dead to right center target, and it was no question about it. They were going to blast those X-Men and Lilandra out uh, out of the sky. Isn't that what you saw in that last panel, Adam? Out of the space swirl. Out of the space swirl. But here, like somebody like magically took evasive maneuvers and they got away. Well, you know, that's how cliffhangers work. Yeah. Yeah. The near death that we thought we saw wasn't as near as we really thought we saw it. Nope. Uh, They were able to take evasive maneuvers and get away. Uh, The brood, uh, Huntmaster to Kareel is aboard uh, one of their little fish spaceships. I believe the Huntmaster's name is actually Skirkle. Oh, so maybe Tikrile is his last name? Yeah, he's Huntmaster Skirkle Tikrile. Okay, I can go with that. I'm just going to call him Skirkle. Skirkle never goes away. Why would he? His best character invented by... Chris Claremont. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so there they are. Uh, the the Lilandra ship is called the Zari Shar. So somebody in the Marvel bullpen really thinks that all space vehicles and creatures should have apostrophes in their names. Uh, I believe his name is Chris Claremont. Chris <laughs> Claremont? <laughs> yeah. All right. Maybe it's a Wiccan thing. <laughs> is he a witch? Well, I think so, yeah. Oh. Or his wife was or something like that. I don't know. Crazy. Um do you so so it's brood and it's Shi'ar. I guess maybe the Cree aren't like this. Maybe maybe not the the scrolls. Who knows. Yeah. So maybe it's just the X-Men space people. I would hope so. <clears throat> well, anyways, they uh detect that on Lilandra's yacht there are the X-Men and Lilandra. Go figure. <laughs> Wackadoo! <laughs> and uh, apparently, Lilandra's yacht has warp capabilities, but the brood have yet to develop faster than light capabilities. So they need to take these people down, and they need to take them down quickly. So Skirkle Cryley to Cryley requests instructions. Their starship is to be disabled. All aboard taken alive and unharmed with one exception. The X-Men Wolverine may be slain. (laughs) He was not good to me. I believe that this is the Queen, and the Queen is pretty mad that uh, Wolverine sacrificed one of her babies. Yeah. She's, uh... 
she she doesn't necessarily look mad, but you know it's hard to tell with these brood. Yeah, they all kind of look the same to me. Yeah, racist. <laughs> Whoa. So speciest. <laughs> the they're flying in X or the in the Landra's yacht, and they are commenting that. Um, there are no weapons on this ship because it is a pleasure ship. Oh, no. Yeah. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to use the limited weapons on this ship as well as the X-Men's mutant powers to fight back. Aren't the GR a warrior race? What are they doing with pleasure ships without guns on them? Yeah. You think that the Klingons had any pleasure ships? I doubt it. <laughs> Even, even, I mean, if you, the thing is, if you are a warrior race, uh, then you probably have to worry about your pleasure ships getting under attack. Uh, you know, just, I, I, just I, the thought, she are, that's all. Right. You would think that if, if they had pleasure ships to begin with, that they would be so paranoid that people were always after them, that they would put warrior like weaponry on the pleasure ship. But Adam, I got to be honest, like the whole idea of a, you know, warrior species and uh, logic species and, uh, you know, very generalized personality type of species. It doesn't work for me, Adam. It's too general. You can't generalize like like earthlings. What 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 are what kind of a species are we? We are a self-loathing species. I don't know. <laughs> Some of us, maybe not all of us, Adam. I'm just well, you, you take you take the majority. We are a self-destructive species. Oh, okay. Until we get to Star Trek. Okay, until we develop warp warp flight and then then everything's good. And then we're totally different. Then we're a self-preserving species. Are we're a self-interested species? Ah, okay. I can go with that. All right. Fair enough. All right. Here, I was just going to say that it's lazy writing to say that an entire species is this or that, but, but when you put it like I that... I get Adam, what you're saying, and and I agree with you. Um, <laughs> Good, let's move on. <laughs> um, they also noticed that they're uh, shooting pretty wide of the ship. One of the orders from the Queen was to just shoot across their bow because she, like you said, doesn't want the host uh, to be destroyed because she doesn't want any more of her babies destroyed. And uh, so they notice that, and they're like, "Yeah, they're they're just trying to get our attention." I wonder why they're not just destroying us. The brute's been handling us with kid gloves ever since they kidnapped us. So Cyclops knows something's going on, but he's not quite sure what. Something's going on. Not quite sure. So Carol Danvers, Colossus, and Wolverine race for the weapons control center, while Kitty and Nightcrawler uh, stay behind because. Uh, let's see. Kitty was injured last issue during their escape. Wait, I thought there were no weapons. Um, I guess there are weapons. It says the Boy. The, the, the ship is a pleasure craft, not a warship. Why did they even say that? She says, uh, we have weapons, Cyclops, minimal though they are. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense, does it? What a... You think that weird. you would have started with like... We don't have many guns, but we should use them. Go! (laughs) Rather than, like, panels and panels of dialogue before. Oh, yeah, we got some guns. Okay. So. uh, Whoa, it's Carol. These consoles look fairly easy to operate. Simply pretend it's a video arcade game. Yup. Okay. (laughs) Trouble is, losing a game will cost you a lot more in a quarter. (laughs) 
I made a Wolverine. The best there is at what I do. What I do is making a joke. (laughs) I'm also the best at Ms. Pac-Man. Just try me. (laughs) Uh, Is there no other way, Wolverine? Must we kill? So Colossus is having some internal struggle about this. Wolverine's like, oh, come on. Haven't you seen those futzers? Those are them. (laughs) They're sleezoids. Kill them. Carol's got a kind of sadistic look at her on her face as she she shoots a shark creature. Yeah, I mean she's an Air Force pilot. I mean she's and she's figured out these controls. She's in space, so she's. I think she's like this is. Yeah, I, I like this. Uh, it's not until the next page, but Storm kind of points out that the their the brute ships are actually living creatures, so. It is kind of awful that they have to shoot these poor defenseless creatures. Right, but it's also been established that they've been um, uh, brainwashed such that while they are living creatures, they have no minds. Are these the same creatures, though? They look slightly different to me, but maybe maybe they are supposed to be the same. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just extrapolating on information that we were, I mean, it could be a new race of brood spaceships, but I doubt it. Mm. It seems to me like they would have, like, taken over a planet of these giant spaceship creatures, sub- sub- subjugated them, brainwashed them, and now are just yeah. raising them in laboratories. Probably. Yeah. Horrible brood. Well, apparently, uh, the ship uh, uh, is able to generate bubbles of ruby quartz, uh, which is really handy for Cyclops. It's 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 quite a coincidence. <laughs> The yacht extruded a temporary blister of ruby quartz, just like my visor, so that I can fire my optic blast without damaging the ship. Hang on a second. I thought his ruby quartz visor kept his blasts in check. Theoretically, he should be able to take his visor off, stare at this ruby quartz blister, and nothing would happen. Yeah, that seems like a mistake. Doesn't he also have a pair of ruby quartz glasses that he wears? Yes, to keep his optic beams in check. So he's like, my blast won't get out. <laughs> <laughs> but oddly enough, they are getting us. I never understood this because in later issues, we'll also see that the Blackbird, uh, the windows in the Blackbird are outfitted with Ruby Quartz windshield so that he can focus fire his optic beams to the windshield. But again, yeah, we've, we've seen that already. Oh, okay. Then there you go. But that doesn't make any sense either. Yeah, you're right. Huh. So anyways, there's that. Wolverine knows something he isn't telling us about. He isn't telling about us and the brood. He's never been shy about speaking his mind before. So it must be as unpleasant as it is important. When I get out of this, if I do, I'll make, I'll have to make him talk. That should be fun. Yeah. And so he's shooting at the spaceships and he does, he also comments to himself that they're living starships. So he's going to have to be careful to try to, um, well, to try to disengage them without seriously hurting them. To which my question is, I thought Cyclops' blasts were force-based, so really all he could do is kind of push them around. Well, I mean, he could punch holes in their flesh. Yeah, that sounds really terrible. That doesn't sound like disengaging. (laughs) It does sound pretty awful, doesn't it? Storm is freaking out because her weather powers have limited effectiveness, and uh, she's also concerned about the living starships, as you mentioned. But then all of a sudden, her powers go crazy, and she shoots like some chain lightning, which blasts a bunch of the spaceships. One of them looks like it's screaming in pain, and she's yeah. like, 
she's like, the boats are out of control. The ships, I've killed them. So, oh, holy crap, that happened. Yeah. I'm not, do we ever go back to that? Yeah, we will. Okay. Sort of. Um, yeah, so the, uh, um, to, to Cryley, uh, Skirkle to Cryley, he's like, uh, ignore our casualties. So there's confirmation that there were some deaths. Uh, now attack. Attack the engineering section. Their shields are buckling. Yeah, because wasn't, didn't the queen tell him that if you screw this up, you're dead? So don't, don't even bother coming back. Something like that, yeah. Lilandra confirms that they've been hit. Kitty. We've been hit! To which Kitty says, is it serious? <laughs> We're in space no, being... A- shouted for no reason. <laughs> We're in space being attacked by a bunch of aliens who want to kill us. Yes, it is very serious. She says that somebody needs to go up on the extravehicular activity. EVA, which would later become the sidekick of uh, Weapon 12? <laughs> I, if you say so. What was that guy's name? The French guy? I, I don't oh. I didn't read that far into the Weapon X series. I have no idea. It's from uh, the Grant Morrison New X-Men stuff. Nope. Okay. Didn't read most of that. Oh. Oh, well. It's good. Did you own it? Uh, no. I own, I own, I own a handful. Phantom X. That's his name. Phantom X. Yeah. No. I own a handful of issues from that run, but they're hard to come by. Mm. At least where I look. I'm sure I could go online and pick them up, but, you know, I like to go to the used bookstores and stuff and... They just generally aren't in the bins. Okay. Well, there you have it, fans. Pick up some Grant Morrison X-Men. Today. Right Right now. now. Just hit pause. Go get them. Uh, So Kitty volunteers to do it to get into the EVA. And uh, and, uh, they're like, no, you've been hurt. You can't do that. So Nightcrawler says he'll do it. And then Kitty says, nope, I'll do it. And then Cyclops says, I won't let you do it. And then Kitty says, yes, I will. And then Cyclops says, okay. <laughs> yeah. But they don't want her to go out there because she was uh, hurt last issue. She says, if any beams come my way, I'll phase through them as easily as I phase into this pressure suit, which sort of defeats the purpose of the pressure suit, but okay. <laughs> well, she's going to need to solidify out there on the spaceship to do whatever it is she needs to do on the EVA. Does it work that way? <laughs> Well, clearly, she's able to phase her clothing and other inanimate objects that are directly surrounding her body. You would think that a pressure suit without a body in it was not quite, you know, ready for body consumption. You would think so, right? You would think that as she phases in, like, parts of it would be crumpled and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's no way she could phase back uh, without it being partially over her. Yeah. Now, here's my theory, Adam. You ready for this? Okay. <laughs> she phases in, but as she dephases, she dephases from the inside of her body outward. So as she's dephasing, the physical parts of her push away any material that might cause pain or 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 injury if she was to instantly phase. So as she's she's basically inflating the suit with her body as she phases outwardly. Yeah, I, I had that same thought, and uh, I did not mention it because I thought it was stupid. <laughs> it is stupid, but I I think that's the only explanation for how this happened. Your it, explanation was uh, well-crafted. Thank you very much. Yeah. I've been working on it all afternoon. <laughs> 
So she uh, gets into the pressure chute. She phases out into the into the darkness of space, and she's like, "Wow, Star Wars was never like this." Although it kind of was. Was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe it's maybe the temperature is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not a movie theater. She's yeah. in a pressure suit. But they're it's they're in space. There are ships, and they are shooting at each other. Very much like Star Wars. I guess the ships look like sharks, so maybe that's the difference. Huh, yeah, could be. So she heads off to the busted module. She wants to run, but she can't, even though the graphic here looks like she's running full bore. But. Yes, I don't know why she needs to run or walk. Shouldn't she be still phasing? Yeah, well, and then the other thing is, uh, when she phases through electronics, she disrupts their circuitry. Oh, yeah, so she just damaged the ship. <laughs> is there no circuitry in the area that she just phased through the ship? Maybe she uh, phased through a... Oh, she phased through the primary hole. Hmm. hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's, yeah, no electronics there. Can she phase in space? Well, why not? Well, I guess because what I'm asking is, like... If she's worried because she doesn't have a safety line that one misstep will throw her off into space, but couldn't she just, you know, using her phasing ability, walk back to the ship if she were... Hmm. That's a really good question, Adam. I don't know the answer to that. Because on the one hand... I don't know either. On the one hand, as we saw in the movie Gravity, if you are flung at a, you know, using Newton's properties of relativity or whatever... (laughs) You will keep going in that direction until you're acted upon another force, right? Mm-hmm. But in uh, on Earth, Kitty can phase and she can levitate and she can walk around. She can float and she can do all sorts of things that defy gravity. So I guess theoretically, if she was thrown off into space, she could phase and one would think stop herself and then just walk back. Does she need gravity to defy gravity? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Well, I mean, the whole idea of her being able to float, because she can't fly like fast or anything, is that she makes herself effectively weightless when she's phased. Right. But yeah, I don't know. We should spend more time debating this. <laughs> Let's spend another hour. <laughs> and anyways, uh, so meanwhile, in the ship, Carol, uh, she starts feeling weird. She, it's true. Yeah. Her her vision suddenly goes blurry. She sees colors and images she never dreamed possible, but but she uh she comes back out. She's okay. She figures it's it's probably just stress or those mushrooms she ate. <laughs> and uh uh Skirkle sees on the yacht's hole the X-Men, the youngling. Yep. Once again, Chris Claremont gets ahead of George Lucas. <laughs> Yeah, they just keep borrowing from each other. <laughs> yeah, so she he wants to use the stun and presser, apostrophe presser beams. I'm 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 assuming that's short for oppressor maybe. I don't <laughs> it's, know. It's uh rude slang for compressor or oh. <laughs> I don't know. Stun and presser beams on her try to knock her loose. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's impressor. You <laughs> is the impressor beam. Wow, that's a really neat looking beam. I'm really it could, impressed. It could be the de- depressor. Oh, oh. oh, I'm so sad about that beam. I give up. There's no point in doing this. We're all just going to die. Maybe not today, but someday we're going to die. 
Well, she starts, uh, Skirkle starts shooting, uh, and Kitty is able to phase. So that's good. Spawn of the blood moon, my bolts have no effect. <laughs> well, she's been that, through. That was the other alternative title. Spawn <laughs> of the blood moon. Spawn of. Hey, that, that sounds like a decent horror film title. It was, uh, Chris Claremont's college band. <laughs> spawn of the, we're spawn of the blood moon. <laughs> Get off the stage. This song's called My Bolts Have No Effect. <laughs> Suck it. Here we go. One, two, three. Anyway, so she's uh, she's now questioning why she volunteered for this, because she's just a kid, but not anymore. No, she's not just a kid. She's an X-Man. She's earned her place on the team, and this is where she belongs, and she's going to prove it. Someone should make a brood-inspired drink called Spawn of the Blood Moon. There you go, listeners. Send us your recipes for Spawn of the Blood Moon. <laughs> And please make sure there's no chunks in it. <laughs> First, you use curdled milk. Anyways. It should uh, it should have Bloody Mary mix in it, I think. Oh, I don't know. Or, or grenadine. Anything red, I suppose. Although, yeah, it could, it could start with Bloody Mary mix. Start working on that, listeners. Yep. We got you started. You're almost there. <laughs> you are almost halfway there. So the hunters are closing in on the ship. Cyclops is still blasting away, and uh, Storm is still crouching. My powers no longer yield to my will. If I use them, I will kill, and that I cannot do for you or Kitty for anyone. Didn't she almost kill somebody for Kitty in the past? Um, no, I don't remember. <laughs> she She didn't kill for Kitty when she was possessed by Dracula. She... Almost killed Magneto. Yeah, but she didn't. Well, because Kitty was alive. Oh, well, there you go. I don't know. She's 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 lost. She's got a panic. She's freaking out. She doesn't know what's going on. She's in space. She should not be having a claustrophobic attack right now. <laughs> she's. She, they put her in a little room to use her powers, and she's like, "This room is too small. I told them too small." Meanwhile, in the weapons room, uh, Carol is having another attack of weirdness worse than before. But the sensations aren't unpleasant, just totally strange. It's weird how we keep coming back to Carol at the end of these sensations and she describes them to us. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. And then we're back. Well, it's it's very, uh, well, it's actually kind of Star Wars-esque, right? I mean, you've got, well, four, but, you know, in Star Wars, you generally have like three action-y things happening concurrently, and you keep cutting back and mm -hmm. forth to them to create tension and whatnot. It's what they're trying to do here, except they've got five. They've got the space battle, they've got Cyclops, they've got Storm, they've got Carol, and then they've got Kitty. It's, it's really just, just too much. They should have consolidated those down to just to three main scenes for us to focus on. But whatever. Phantom Menace had four. That's why Phantom Menace sucked. <laughs> <laughs> the brood subjected me to an evolutionary modification. I guess they must have triggered something inside of me. But what? <laughs> well, so Kitty is, uh, she, she's getting it done, but then she screams, ow! Uh, and what's the matter? Why did you scream, Kitty? I don't know who's yelling at her, but. Uh, I think it's a Lilandra. I think you're right. But because uh, she, she's the one telling her where to go and what to do, and okay, so a, a piece of space debris, shrapnel from a near miss, hit her suit, went through uh, 
hit her, but her suit was able to seal itself, and she's bleeding a little bit, but she should be okay. She'll be able to finish, even though Lilander's like, Your mission is canceled! <laughs> no, I'm staying. I'm almost finished, Lilandra. A few more minutes and we'll be safe. So little time for Kitty. It may well be the rest of her life, says the omniscient narrator. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> but then... Finally, something happens with Carol. She starts freaking out. And she... Years ago, a freak accident combined the best genetic elements of human and the ancient star-faring creed to transform her into Miss Marvel. And while she later lost her superpowers to the mutant rogue, those hybrid genes remained. Now, t t thanks to the bruise meddling, these untapped potential is being realized with a vengeance. Not, I'm not having a good time reading today. I'm all tongue-tied. <laughs> That's difficult dialogue to read. <laughs> she, she, she cries, and she, she changes, uh, rather like a butterfly emerging from its chrysalis. She looks like she lights her in, on fire. <laughs> ah! Yeah, she looks like she's turning evil, but but that's not it. Um, but yeah, as that happens. Uh, Kitty, or I don't know, her, she generates energy or light or something that, does it vaporize the brood? It looks like a blinding light flares within her soul, a thing apart from her that instantly becomes a part of her to form a union that will last till death. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't think it's true either, but anyways. The light is power, and Carol uses it without hesitation. Kitty says, everything's fixed, throw the switch! Uh, yeah. Throw us into warp, Chewy! <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, child, run away. Kitty, are you there? Kitty! <laughs> and they fly away into light speed. So, I don't know, the panel makes it look like Carol electrified and vaporized the brood, but I don't, I don't really know. Maybe we'll find out. Meanwhile, on Earth, at a mansion, we find out that the mansion was actually rebuilt. Remember I went on a big tirade about construction workers and concealing secret stuff? Well, it turns out they have an explanation for us. It was built by robots provided by Lilandra. So, everything's still a secret. The professor is, uh... He's sad now because his students are gone and this place is less of a school than it is just a house now because he doesn't really have any students anymore. But he sure does make a mean bowl of salad. And salad. <laughs> he is cooking <laughs> He is cooking up some food and it turns out that uh Ileana is there and she comes down and now she's speaking perfect English. Yes. You call me professor? They all sound the same. <laughs> Dinner's ready, Yana. Yep. Uh, and so she's been exploring the house, and she looks almost identical to what it used to be, to what it used to look like. Uh, although it's a little spooky with just you and me in here. You're kind of a creepy old man. <laughs> look at my eyebrows. <laughs> they are very arched. Moira will be back on Monday, child. You are lucky that I am paralyzed from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, go set the table. Professor, sometimes I hear your voice perfectly clearly, but you're nowhere around. I don't understand. I thought you were, I thought I knew that you were a telepath. 
And how come before I returned with you and Dr. McTaggart, I could only speak Russian? I remember you touching my forehead one night, and I fell asleep the next day. I woke up, and I spoke perfect English. I taught you where you slept. Again, creepy. (laughs) I figured, but how? With my thoughts, he says, with his thoughts. Oh! She says with her voice. How to creep out a child, 101. (laughs) What is the professor drinking, blood? Yes. It's the uh, them, uh, Dracula's comeback. I would say that it's it's wine, right? It could be red wine, but he's drinking it out of a coffee cup. I think it's coffee. No, I think it's blood. Uh, hot blood. Like Reddish brown. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that grind. Uh, anyways, the professor goes on to explain that he's a mutant, just like her brother Peter, and blah, blah, blah. I can read minds. I don't like to read them anymore indiscriminately because that's not a nice thing to do. Even though when you're sleeping, I like to teach you Russian. <laughs> English. But um, how come he didn't teach her English when she was, when she, when he magically taught all the others Russian? Well, because when she was seven or eight, her mind wasn't capable of handling that much. I don't know, Adam, because he didn't. He's a dick. <laughs> We've already established that. And she goes on, so uh, this kind of creeps me out, uh, but in the first few panels of Ileana, she looks like a 13-year-old girl, but this last panel, I don't know if they purposely drew her to look older, but she does. I can do neat things too, just like Piotr, or Peter. (laughs) Such as what? Oh, things. She says... Wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a witch! Uh, so the professor, he's, he, I guess he does try to read her mind because he's like, oh, Lana's thoughts are protected by an extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily powerful and sophisticated psionic shield. It could be natural, but I doubt it. Blah, 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 demon lord. I should really look into this, but I don't want to anymore. I'll let Moira deal with that. I just want to be left alone because I'm a dick. <laughs> This is it's it's so random. That, like they have this whole conversation, and then just at the minute, at the end of it, he's like, "All I want is to be alone." So it just comes out of nowhere. I, I mean, I think what they're really doing here is they're 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 setting up new mutants, right? So they're yeah, yeah. they're establishing that the perfect like the X Men don't really need the professor anymore. So he's kind of feeling like a fifth wheel, and he doesn't have anything to give him purpose. He doesn't even know if they're alive still. Doesn't he? I guess that's right. Yeah, I guess he doesn't. Because uh, there's this whole big thing about um, since their abduction, his nights have become haunted. His hands, he believes, covered with blood. The dream may still be good, but the dreamer is done. You're right. Well, I mean, at this point, though, with all that's happened, he's got to be like, well, you know, we've seen... Well, it's 50-50. <laughs> One way or the other, like, we really shouldn't jump to conclusions at this point. Uh, anyways... Meanwhile, in space, uh, they they all kind of come to because I guess the hyperspace kind of jolted them or something. I don't no, know. No, it's just Kitty. Is it just Kitty? Okay. So she's wondering what's going on, and that's when Carol shows up. But she's all fiery and crazy. She's got the costume on the cover. I'm not sure how Kitty recognizes her. Maybe her voice is exactly the same. Yeah, maybe. Although it would sound, I mean, to me, since everything else of her is on fire, and I don't know how this would be possible, but her voice should also sound like it's on fire. Also, in space, there is no sound. No, it's true. 
yeah, so I guess she was outside of the ship talking to Kitty, huh? Yeah. Well, now they're all inside. Um, they're all uh, breathing steam out of their mouths because I think they lost a lot of energy with that jump. So I like, don't like this pose of Carol's. I I like the the cover pose a lot better. Yeah. Here she she looks kind of I don't know like she's standing around in a bikini. Yeah, kinda. It's not a I don't know. It's not a very good drawing. Hey guys, welcome to the beach. <laughs> and why why oh why does her costume include high heels? <laughs> it just seems like the least effective costume apparel. It's not because she's a man. <laughs> good point. So, anyways, in the ship. Uh, Cyclops is wondering if this change is permanent. I hope so. I like it. Kitty thought that uh, Carol was an angel when she first saw her. She's beautiful. And now Nightcrawler. This is kind of weird. Uh, She's beautiful. When I first saw her, I thought she was an angel. Hush, Katzchen. Save your strength and let me complete my examination. But the dialogue box seems to be coming out of Colossus. Yes, that confused me as well. <laughs> what also confused me is why everybody is wearing a spacesuit. What's cold? Well, turn on the heat. Well, the life support's down. The engines are down. They're they're running on fumes, Adam, as we'll soon learn. They just went into hyperspace. What happened? Well, it took all their power to get into hyperspace. <sighs> Lame. Your repair, your repair saved us, but it was only stopgap. The warp drive is now totally inert. With all of it, we've lost main auxiliary power. That means no life support unless we regenerate the matter-antimatter cores. We'll freeze or suffocate soon. I read this issue two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, I jumped the gun. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, Kitty is injured. Uh, Nightcrawler is taking care of her. Uh, so just... That, that's an important plot point. But Carol, she's like, um, I, I, I can do it. I can start it. What's needed is the functional equivalent of a star. She knows instinct, instinctively what must be done. Once more, she reaches within herself to the light in her soul that feels newborn yet as old as time. Starcade! <laughs> wow, 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 wow. That's the noise that it makes, by the way. <laughs> She unleashed pandemonium, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show, meatballs and spaghetti, Sylvester and Tweety, Daffy and Speedy, Gilligan's Planet, Saturday morning megaphone on CBS. This is a terrible Saturday morning lineup, by the way. Yeah, I wouldn't be impressed. No Transformers or even GoBots. Oh, GoBots were good. I'd take GoBots over that lineup. Meatballs and spaghetti. Anyways, uh, Carol uses her powers to jumpstart the engines, but apparently she used a lot of her power, uh, and so she's like, I was wondering if my new incarnation had any upper limits, and now I know. But what a limit. Oh, yeah. Everyone to to bed. (laughs) (laughs) We're having an orgy, Lilandra says. (laughs) The music comes on. <laughs> when you said there's no limit to your power, I didn't imagine you'd get the orgy room fired up, too. Remember, this is a pleasure ship. Everyone to bed. There is much left to do after a night's rest and a proper meal. We'll get back to work. Everyone's like, we're not tired. <laughs> Fine. So, presumably, they, they all go to sleep. Yep. My old friend, uh, next day, Kitty and... Oh, wait, no, it's Kurt this time. Kurt, 
there is a Colossus. I don't know who it is. I think Someone it's Colossus. Who is on, on the uh, the hole of the ship with Carol. So so Carol has no space suit on, so her powers now give her the ability to to breathe space air. And uh, Colossus is in a suit uh, because he can't breathe space air. And they're repairing the ship. And uh, yeah, she's talking about how Captain Marvel was gifted with cosmic awareness, an ability to become one with the universe. Carol thinks that she has gone beyond that. He was a spiritual merger. Mine is physical. My mm. merger, that is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Somehow when I use my power, I tap into a white hole. <laughs> my energy source is the primal fabric of the universe. I'm knitting a scarf. Colossus is like, I'd hit that white hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways. Like a star, I can generate heat, light, radiation across the spectrum, gravity, and my perceptions, Colossus, you can't imagine what I see. How wondrous it is. Ah, uh, you sound very happy. Don't I, though? I just said so. <laughs> that is what I said. You should be an X-Men with us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are now a mutant, and you have always been a friend. Best offer I had all day, big fella, but it did mean leaving and living and working on Earth. With you normies. I'm so much above you. Remember all that stuff that corrupted Phoenix? It's not going to happen to me. No. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, I want to stay in space. Sorry, no deal. I'm really into space. By the Earth way, it was Carol Danvers' home, but I fear it has no place for... Binary! That's my name now. <laughs> Duh, there is no need to shout the word binary at me. I don't even know what it means. Binary! <laughs> I, you, I don't understand binary. Binary! <laughs> you are a one and I am a zero? I, I don't understand. Binary. <laughs> I'm only going to speak in binary from now on. One, 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 zero, one, one, zero, 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 one. <coughs> Anyways, back on the ship, Nightcrawler is examining Kitty. Stop fidgeting. I'm nearly finished. Deep breath again. Cough. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I saw this on a TV show once. Um, uh, I guess you're okay. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> For your sake, because I injected you with a lot of strange things. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I feel fine, Kurt, except I feel rotten goofing off in bed while the rest of you are working so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you stay here. I got to go now. So he comes. So he goes out and uh, tells Cyclops that uh, Kitty has fully recovered. And Cyclops wants to know if that's a problem, to which Nightcrawler says... She was dying yesterday. You were there. Now she's fine. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's when... And Colossus says, hey, if it was a problem, yo, I'd solve it. <laughs> Check out this hook while my DJ resolves it. Do, 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 do. Under pressure. <laughs> Wrong song. Oh, crap. Some questions, bub, are better left unanswered, Alf. That's when Wolverine bursts in, because he knows what's going on, but he doesn't want to tell anybody yet. No. And so he yells at everybody, and they're like, what the hell, man? Stop being jerks, all of you. <laughs> I, uh, jerks. 
And so, yeah, Wolverine really wanted to take out the queen, and he's still mad at Cyclops for not letting him. Cyclops reminds him the X-Men don't kill, and that's when Wolverine goes bananas and says, Wanna bet? And <laughs> snicks out his claws. And he stops and he says, Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I guess all that has happened is driven me kind of buggy. You're right. What's there to get upset about? We escaped with our skins intact. Everything's flaming, hunky, flaming dory. And he is apologizing, and now he's walking away from Nightcrawler and Cyclops. Mein Gott, he and I are friends. Perhaps he will talk to me. Nah, nope. you you stay here. I'm going to go talk to him. I want to find out what's going on. There's a pattern forming. Kitty's one piece, Logan's another, and I mean to find out what it is. Meanwhile, in the shuttle bay, uh, Storm is flipping out because she doesn't have control over her powers. Some element is disrupting the critical harmony of her mind and body, and she must find it. But then she doubles over in pain. But, I don't know, I thought Cyclops was going to go talk to Wolverine, but he comes to visit Storm instead. Maybe Wolverine walked past Storm. Could be. On his way to see Wolverine, he stops to see Storm. Leave me be, Scott, I beg you. I am uninjured, and I would rather be left alone. No dice. That's my riff. What does he mean by that? Like, that's, that's, I'm the one who gets to be left alone? Or? Yeah, he's the loner, not you. Or is his riff, no dice? <laughs> I like to say no dice. That's my catchphrase, no dice. No dice, Storm, no dice. Oh, I literally don't have any dice on me. <laughs> I would like to roll some. Something's tearing us apart, Aurora. I don't know where I'm getting this feeling. I don't, there's no nothing at all to prove that something's tearing us apart. But anyway, if we deny its existence, if we turn away from those who want to help us, we're as good as dead. I want to help you, Aurora. Are you dead? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm young. Well, then, I'm here to help. <laughs> well, then sack up. <laughs> what? She, uh, yeah, she's not happy that she is not having control over her powers. Being aboard this vessel makes matters worse. It's nothing but steel and cold metal, unliving plastics and synthetics. I hate it. I need life to sustain me. Owie, my belly hurts again. I don't understand. We haven't changed. We all, we still feel the same. Oh, no, I'm crawling night, I'm calling Nightcrawler. You're sick, Aurora. You should be in bed. Apparently, Nightcrawler is our field doctor. (laughs) Is it ironic? Just, don't you think? It's like (laughs) 10,000, it's like 10,000 knives when you only need a spoon. Uh, Wait, no, that's not ironic. That's just bad luck. Anyways, Kitty miraculously recovers from seemingly mortal wounds, and I have never been ill a day in my life. It's part of her mutant abilities, you know. Fall prey (laughs) to some mysterious malady. It's as if I have become a stranger to myself, inhabiting a body no longer my own. Bright lady, could that be the answer? I'm pregnant. (laughs) I've got it, says Scott. It was the vampire. Yes, the vampire impregnated you. Remember when you were bit by Dracula? Uh, Scott, I sense life within me, a child, because that is also a mutant power of mine to discover internal life. (laughs) It's part of my Dracula powers. (laughs) But how could this be? I haven't made love with anybody for three months. Oh, my goodness. This is Dracula's baby. All right, I must... 
I must probe deeper to find out where this little one came from. Oh, no, goddess. So presumably she probed so far into herself that she discovered that the living creature inside of her was a brood. How did... What? <laughs> I don't know. It's terrible. She has, a, she has a probing power? I guess she's so in tune with her body that she's able to... I don't know. I don't know, Adam. It sure would be nice if she, like, told Scott what was going on, but instead she just uh, runs into a, sh- the, uh, a shuttle pod and flies away. Wolverine's right for not telling you I'm out of here. She went berserk, took a scout ship, blasted off, but why leave her costume behind? Oh, wait, that's Storm. <laughs> She's just showering in there, I'll bet. <laughs> Carol, bring her back. We have no operational sensors. Once she's out of sight in this cloud, we'll never find her. Uh, you figure that might be what she wants, bub? She's irrational. With good reason. I guess I'm going to tell you, finally, what happened. I should have told you a while ago, but now I'm going to tell you. You all have brood inside of you. <laughs> I tried to tell you a, two f- a few times, but I couldn't. It hurt too much. I thought about Maybe killing you. <laughs> I couldn't do that either. I figured there was hope. Maybe we get lucky. Who knows? Maybe we're right. But I couldn't count on it. And we get several nice reaction poses. Cyclops grimaces. Lalandra squints her eyes. Colossus makes a fist. Kitty tears up. Uh, Nightcrawler lowers his head into his hands. And looks like Binary is about to sneeze. Ah, what? Ah, ah, binary sneeze! I'm allergic <laughs> to brood! Uh, somewhere in here, I don't know where, but they they rationalized that uh, the brood somehow cured Kitty because they didn't want any of the hosts injured. Which I don't. That doesn't make any sense. They did a long distance heal on Kitty. Well, no, her her uh, her baby is a self like it, it's like a parasite that also heals the body. Oh, really? Well, I mean that's what they're that's what they're saying. Oh, sure. The embryo queens possess a degree of awareness. They know when they're threatened, and they'll take any steps to ensure their survival. In Kitty's case, that meant curing her. A dead host is no use to any of them, but they can just as easily be nasty. Nasty! I'm sure how Wolverine, like, knows all this, but, you know. Well, he found the library in the brood <laughs> ship two issues ago, and he did some studying. Oh, this is how it works. <laughs> Gross. I can't believe they did that to us. I feel so violated. That went up my what? <laughs> Nasty Logan, you don't know the meaning of the word. By all that I hold holy. Me, binary. They're going to learn. So rather than flying off in a scout ship like Storm does, she just flies right through the hull, causing the X-Men to be sucked out into the vacuum of space. Explosive decompression. We're being sucked out into space. (laughs) Next issue, Transfigurations. Transfigurations. Uh, X-Men. Title of (laughs) X-Men. X-Men in disguise. (laughs) There is a letter to the editors that says, Can't the Shi'ar pronounce their names without... Uh, uh, beep. Yeah, beep. <laughs> Apostrophes. It must be a genetic defect. And the response is, Sounds good to us. Stupid. And there's also a teaser for the New Mutants, which uh, will be happening in, what, two and a half months? And there's a question. Yeah. I like Logan and Brown. When will we see him laughing over Cerebus? 
No, I didn't see that one. Was there a response? Uh, regarding your questions, our tip of the hat to a certain Earthborn pig occurred in X Men One Sixty. So I don't know if that was like a thing that was publicized. In a few issues, we'll feature Cerebus. Huh. All right. Anyways, there you go. That was a that was a that was an X Men comic. For sure. Uh yeah. So not not much happening uh in the universe that is social media, the the danger sphere. The social media verse, the danger verse. Why did binary do that? That was dumb. <laughs> it was really selfish of her too. Apparently with her new powers, uh she doesn't think so, uh, if you would like to rectify the lack of Dangerverse material, uh, feel free to visit us at www.xmenpodcast.com where you can see all of the episodes, leave comments, download them to your heart's desire. You can go out to iTunes, search for Danger Room, and subscribe to us there. Leave us a five-star review. We're available on Stitcher, and uh, you can follow us at Danger Room Go. And we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Danger Room Podcast. Remember, we're looking for just eight more likes before we give away this very issue that we read tonight. Yeah. You can also call us at 501-GET-X-MEN. True. All we're of accepting drink mixes. Yeah, so we are drinks. looking for... What was the drink we were looking for? Uh, rewind. <laughs> Damn it, I can't remember. Something about a blood moon. Yes. The spawn of the blood moon? Blood moon spawn. <laughs> Something like that. We're looking for that recipe. Uh, Adam. Yo. I read Dazzler number 22. I read it as well. Did you? Well, it's got Rogue in it, so I figured, eh, I should read this. It's also got Angel in it. It does. It's true. Yeah. And Mystique. And, and, and Destiny. And Dazzler, lest we forget. Oh, Dazzler. When she'll, when she'll, when will she learn? When she'll learn. <laughs> so, uh, in this issue, uh, Warren is flying around New York City when he's unexpectedly attacked by a bunch of hawks. Hawks! Oh my gosh! Hawks, hawks. he's attacked by. And so, he has to spend a bunch of pages dodging and evading those hawks. Uh, causing them to smack into the ground, smack into the windows, smack into office furniture. All sorts of crazy hijinks occur. He even smacks one into a garbage can lid. Yeah. And he, he he laments. He's like, oh, it really makes me sad to see another winged creature out for the count. I wonder who did this to me. <laughs> yeah. So, meanwhile, Dazzler is on her way to a recording session. Uh, which which doesn't starts off rough, but it gets better after a while. Ken was supposed to visit her, but Ken didn't. He's too busy with his job. But meanwhile, the sisterhood of evil mutants, Destiny, Rogue, and Mystique, are like, well, the Hawks didn't work. I stole them from the Pentagon in my Raven Darkholm identity, but it failed, just as I thought it would. <laughs> I trained them so efficiently. <laughs> yup, and Rogue's like, Ah, then why'd you attack them? And apparently that was part of Mystique's plan, was that she wanted uh, Warren scared, because if he's scared and confused, then they can get the jump on him, and if they can get him, then they can get revenge on the X-Men! And so... angel's nothing, sugar. I'm dying to have a rematch with Colossus. Oh, Wolverine. 
referring to their battle uh, in issue 158. Yeah. Yes. And Destiny's like, don't be so eager. I'm old. <laughs> it's going to be a little slow. The future's uncertain. Angel's not as helpless as you believe. And he's 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 going to get some help. Uh, yeah. So anyways, um, some other Dazzlery stuff happens that we don't really care about. Dazzler goes on a date. Dazzler goes on a date. She goes to see a movie with Ken. It doesn't go so well. And she wants to go out dancing to kind of... Uh, get her into spirits because she's so jittery after sitting in that movie theater. But Ken's like, I got to go to work. And she's like, hmm, you missed my recording session and now you're going to go to work. And he's like, but I remember I'm a lawyer and I got you out of a life sentence in jail. And she's like, I don't care. I'm going home. <laughs> and but Ken. She doesn't go home. He goes out to, she goes out to see Warren Worthington at, at his apartment. Oh, yeah. She's like, I need someone to talk to. So she does, she goes over there, and they talk long into the night about what it means to be a mutant and the responsibilities that go with that power. Well, Warren mostly doesn't wear a shirt. There's like two panels of him. There's one panel of him putting on a shirt, and there's a panel of him taking that shirt off. Yes. Lots of uh, Warren Worthington pectorals. I guess they're making up for all of the uh, panty shots. And so it's morning and uh, uh, Warren's like, well, we should go talk to the X-Men. And uh, she's like, okay, but we can't get a train. And he's like, ah, I would never dream of it. And so he picks her up and they fly. They're going to fly to Westchester. But while they're flying, a helicopter sees them. So apparently the Sisterhood of Evil Mutants own a helicopter or stole one. I don't know. One of the two. Rogue's out front flying. Presumably Mystique and Destiny are flying around in the helicopter, uh, which is kind of, I don't know, that's kind of silly to me. But They see Angel and they realize that somebody's with uh, Angel, so they, 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 they attack. Rogue attacks. Rogue picks up a tree and smacks the Angel with it, and they go, uh, they go, they crash to the ground. Well, he, that would kill him, so he dodges. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he, he, he's not dead, but he's on the ground. Uh, forces him to land. Yeah, and so they land the helicopter, and now it's the Sisterhood of Evil Mutants, and they're like, we're going to get you, Warren, and then we're going to get the X-Men, but then Rogue realizes that the blonde-haired girl is Dazzler, and I like her music, but if she's with Angel, dot, 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 so they, I don't know, they fight. And while they're fighting... I do not know who she is, but... uh, uh, What was I saying? Did anybody bring any prunes? I would like some tea. (laughs) I'm so tired. Bingo! Oh, (laughs) no. I guess not. Ah, anyways. So... Uh, they fight, and uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, well, Rogue's pulling her punches because, like, a, a punch from Rogue at this point with the, her new powers from uh, Ms. Marvel would, would rip Warren apart. So she's pulling her punches because they want to keep him alive so they can learn all of the secrets about the X-Men. Uh, so Angel's kind of disoriented when he sees Candy Southern in a bikini. <laughs> but you're back in Colorado. I left you for Dazzler. No, I'm right here. Come here. Hold me. Kiss me. Trust me. And then she knees him in the belly. <laughs> yep. You fool. And of course, it was Mystique the whole time. Ah, a joke. You think it's all a joke. And that's when 
Rogue gives Dazzler the ultimatum. You're either with us or you're against us, in so many words. What is Angel thinking? Like, he's in the middle of a fight. He just got his, uh, he's got a beat down. He's really disoriented. Candy Southern shows up, so he stops to make out with her. Uh, he's not, in, uh, well, it's Warren. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there's love to be made, I'm going to make it. <laughs> no, it's Warren. He would be like, I got to get you out of here. I got to rescue you. Uh, no, this new Warren is, seems to be thinking with the wrong head most times. He's <laughs> <laughs> very selfish. I exactly. Uh, so Dazzler now makes her decision. She she casts a quick little dazzle uh, uh, burst so that she can put her roller skates on. And she decides. Wait, aren't they on a grassy knoll? Well, yeah, but she's got really good roller skates. So She, does, she is able to punch De- uh, Destiny in the boob. Yeah. With her roller skates. She uses her oh-so-clever and um, catchphrase-worthy phrase, go for it! Oh, yeah. That's what she says. And she is upside down. She's she's blasting Mystique in the face, kicking uh, Destiny in the boob. And then as she comes around, she dazzle blasts Rogue. So Rogue goes flying, and Angel's like, had a feeling you'd do something like that because I was getting attacked, and they probably were going to kill me. So, thanks. So I averted my eyes from your Dazzle Blast. And so he's like, I'm weak, so I'm going to take off on my own. Actually, Dazzle's like, you go off, and I'll run off into the woods, and I'll lose him. But as she's running away, Rogue grabs her leg and says, I've got you. How could you? You can't do that to me. I'm Rogue. I punch you. Punch. And I pick you up. into a waterfall. And I throw you. And she goes falling. And so she flies and she finds Angel and punches him. And so he's he's down for the count. And the plan is, is that Rogue is going to use her f- absorption abilities to get his memories and thoughts so that they can uh, find out what they need to know about the X-Men. But then at the last minute, she's like, I can't do this. I've never absorbed the power of anybody with wings or anything physical. What if he turns me into a freak? Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. So she doesn't do it, and Mystique's like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so they pick up uh, Angel, throw him into the helicopter, and they're about to take off when Dazzler comes over the edge and Dazzle blasts them. Destiny is about to give some, like, precognition, but I don't know. Dazzler hits her or something. Precognition! Ow! <laughs> I've been kicked again. So they get into the helicopter, which Angel is already in, and Dazzler's like, I can't fly this thing. So she wakes up Angel, and Angel can fly it. So uh, they fly away. As they fly away, the Sisterhood of Evil Mutants is waking up, so Dazzler is shooting them with little Dazzle beams, and they escape and make it back to Dazzler's apartment. Woof. This was like the Sisterhood light. It was very light and very bad. You would think that the sisterhood could take these two, but anyways. Um, Even in this issue, they pretty much owned them. <laughs> Except it, for Dazzler's Dazzle Blast. Ah, light. It hurts. Do, do Dazzle Blasts hurt? They, uh, sure. I guess maybe they, they might. Uh, it's focused energy, Adam. It's focused light. Uh, anyways, uh, Angel is, he's like, this isn't over. They're, they're going to come back. So you should go hire uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, and I'm going to go take a look around and see if I can figure anything out. I'm going to go underground. And then she's like, oh, my God, somebody's at the door. And it turns out that at the door is her long-lost half-sister. Yay. Which brings us Ooh. to the cliffhanger of that issue. And there All you go. Right. <laughs> Did you do any reading, Adam? 
I did. I read uh, Defenders number 114, and there's not a lot of beast in this. Uh, the Defenders fight Null, the living darkness, who is kind of a, a giant uh, meatball with eyes and tentacles. Is it Meatwad? It's kind of like a big blue Meatwad, but with more than one eye. And and yeah, the tentacles are similar too, except they kind of are veiny. Mm. They show some backstory where the Overmind from the previous issue fight, fought the Stranger in Fantastic Four. So I'm going to mention that. We, oh. we, we did the Stranger ones. We did. Um, other than that, you know, it's basically a fight issue. Uh, the Defenders end up forming into a giant light being with some psi creatures. Um, they lose their physical form, and it's a battle of light and darkness. And uh, obviously, they win. It was this was this this issue was rough. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was a lot of words, and a lot of them didn't make any sense. Not a good showing for the uh, for the defenders. No, and Beast is barely in the issue. The cliffhanger is that it turns out that the Kyle Richmond Night uh, Hawk that from the alternate universe who was the president of the United States in the alternate universe was fake and that the Nighthawk that we've thought was our Nighthawk from our universe is really the president Nighthawk, if that makes any sense. So I don't know what that means about our Nighthawk. Did he really exist or was he always from another universe? I guess we'll find out next issue. I can't wait. I'm literally on the edge of my seat. I think Beast is in the next issue more. I hope pretty soon Angel and Iceman are going to join. That, that Well, yeah. Uh, spoilers, Angel's in Dazzler for a couple more issues. So maybe after that. Yeah, well, you know, that never, that never really matters. I suppose. Anything else? No. All right, then. Well, until next time, the danger room is closed. Modern-day computers use electricity to work, and inside of a microchip, electricity is turned either on or off, which is represented by the symbols 1 and 0. This is called binary. You've probably heard of binary already, and that that's how computers work, but do you know how binary works? Well, you're about to find out. Did you know that Danny DeVito was on the short list to play Wolverine in the original X-Men? I bet Nick Cage was on that list. I mean, not not the X-Men movie that they ultimately made, but when it was originally optioned years and years and years ago, Danny DeVito was on that list to play Wolverine. He's more of a penguin. Well, duh, he played the penguin, but I mean, I guess back in the early 90s or late 80s when you were looking for a short actor, you just went naturally to Danny DeVito. There were no other short actors in Hollywood. Oh, so they were actually considering making Wolverine short. Yeah, 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 That's that's my whole point. That could have worked. They could have made twins, too, except it would be Wolverine and Colossus. <laughs> yep, they could have done that. I'm kind of glad, though, that they didn't use Danny DeVito for Wolverine. I, I can't imagine how that would have worked. Uh, well, it would have been... Bad? It, it, I mean, it, weird casting seems like it works today. No. Back in, then... In it, what? Give me, Give me some weird casting. Well, nobody expected Heath Ledger to be the Joker. Yeah, it's not weird, though. Uh, nobody expects, you know, nobody knows what it's going to be like with uh, the guy who's playing Lex Luthor in the next Superman movie. 
Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? No, the other guy. I thought it was... I thought it's, it was... It's the guy that was uh, Mark Zuckerberg in the Facebook movie. Oh, yeah. Eisen, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if you shave anybody's head, they can be Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying... I'm, I'm saying at this point, you know, people don't guffaw quite as much when you cast somebody who they are not expecting. Hmm. I don't know. Cast against type, if you will. Like if they, if no, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. (laughs) You're wrong, Adam. (laughs) I'm not, but you're you're allowed to disagree. (laughs) All right. Anyways, uh, I mean, like I'm looking at the X-Men 2 poster, which is actually on my wall right here. And you look at all the casting and everybody looks okay. Like Nightcrawler and Storm and Rogue and uh, Mystique. And Wolverine looks right, except he's just the wrong height. So they're 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 accurately cast. Yeah, know. you're always you're always complaining about the cast that you know of the current X Men, but that's because they cast them very like nobody was, uh, nobody was a surprise. Nobody mm. was a surprise casting. They didn't go, but that that's because they were. This was like the first the first movie. I yeah. don't know. The only reason that they're going to well, use not a Hollywood producer. What do I know? <laughs> The only reason that they're going to use Jesse Eisenberg is because Telly Savalas isn't available and the guy from Breaking <laughs> Bad passed. What guy from Breaking Bad? Uh, Walter. Oh. <laughs> Cause he, no, I didn't think he passed. I think he was. they decided he was too old. Well, I, I think people speculated that he was going to be Lex Luthor because he shaved his head in Breaking Bad, but I don't know, maybe he was offered the role. He's a pretty good actor. I think he would have... Uh, who knows? I, I had heard that uh, he had said he would have been interested, but I think they were looking for Superman and Lex Luthor to be like the same age or something. Mm-hmm. Young, fresh faces. Yeah. Mm, got it. But Batman, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller? Or, uh, ben, <laughs> ben Affleck? Kingsley. Ben Affleck. Ben Kingsley as Batman. Now, now that would be weird casting. That was the one that I'd be like, and I'd watch that. I'd be like, that's, that's an internet. If they're going to do the whole movie with Ben Kingsley as Batman, I'm going to watch it because that guy's a good actor. Well, Ben Affleck's going to be kind of weird casting. Eh. I don't think he's even very good as Bruce Wayne. Like, I don't like the idea of Ben Affleck as, as, I guess I could, I don't know. I don't like him as Frank Miller's Batman, which is, it seems what they're going for, but whatever. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get past Daredevil. The TV show? No, uh, Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Oh, right. I forgot that movie existed. <laughs> That's because it was so bad. You're like, that, that movie never came out. Uh, so every time I see him, I'm just gonna be like, "Oh, it's Matt Murdock." <laughs> yeah, except that Matt Damon should have played Matt Murdock. Oh, maybe Matt Damon could be the Penguin. Matt Damon should play Batman. Really? <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> Making stuff up. Wait, what are we talking about? Uh, GI Joe. Oh, you know, uh, <laughs> I was just watching that the other day. The movie? Yeah, the second mm-hmm. one. All that, all that stuff is based on the comic book, essentially. It, it totally is. It's, it's yeah. so Larry Hama inspired. It's, it's ridiculous. I met Larry Hama at Comic Con. Did you? Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Did you tell him that you you liked GI Joe? I did. I said, "Hey, Mister Hama, uh, I've been reading you since I was a kid. I have a ton of GI Joe issues, and you really like informed me all about storytelling and and what works and what doesn't and." And he like he lit up, and he we had a conversation for like forty five minutes. Seriously, it was awesome. Yeah, he was he's a super cool guy. He was giving me all this like 
funny old Stanley esque advice. Oh my god, that's and, awesome! Uh, it, it was totally awesome. And then, uh, and then the, the funniest part was that so finally we 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 did, and I you know I shook his hand and I left, and uh, the guy behind me was dressed up like this weird uh, snake eyes esque costume, but his face you know you could see his face. He had a bandana on. It was a really good costume. Uh, and then he was like, so obviously I'm a fan. And then I was still walking away and I just heard Larry Hama go, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's good times. I would have liked to have talked to Larry Hama for 45 minutes. Although I don't think I would have been able to carry a conversation on with him for 45 minutes because all of the work that I've ever read of him has been G.I. Joe. We barely talked about comics. He was talking about like Star Wars, and then he was talking about Akira Kurosawa films, hmm. and it was it, it was a pretty interesting conversation. Well, storytelling, you know, what works in different types of stories, and well, yeah, I mean, he he can write a story. That's that's for sure. And then the next day, I went to his panel and learned a bunch of stuff about G.I. Joe. Yeah, huh, cool. When, when we do our G.I. Joe podcast, you'll have to lay down all that that science on me. <laughs> Anyways, when we get to Wolverine and he starts writing it, uh, we're doing an X Men podcast here. Wolverine's an X Men. That's true. 